to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello, welcome to episode 248 of the Chris and Sam podcast. My name's Sam. I'm Chris. Welcome along, randomness, technology and life. Another week, another episode. Here we are. Yay. <laughs> What's been happening? Uh, I had a day filming with uh, podcast friend Guy uh, Pigden uh, the other day. Uh, we weren't filming fun stuff. We were on a contract filming some educational stuff. Get, don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, that was cool. Business, businessy stuff. Businessy stuff. Uh, I guess we should talk about the V8 supercars. Super oh, Sprint. yes, yes. We went along to that. Um, we went one day. On the Sunday. Out of the three. Out of the three on the final day. Uh, we didn't stay for the big race. <laughs> we were going to pretend we did, but uh, no. <laughs> so uh, I think it was Scott McLaughlin took it out, uh, which was good. I hope I got his name right. No, I'm sure I did. And in the qualifying, we saw him smash that Auckland sign. Yes, yes. Which so, was great. Um, Sam uh, went back to the car to grab an umbrella at one point, and there was a crash, pretty impressive crash uh, in the... What do they call them? Classics. Classics, Classics yeah. You know, Camaro, right in front of me, like literally right in front of me. You see this guy lose it, and he's going down the straight sideways. And I'm like, and everybody's like, ooh. And then he hits the sidewall. It doesn't seem to be too bad because he bounces off it. But then he hits the opposite wall and just crumples. I totally cane that Camaro. It's like gone. Definitely the highlight, uh, seeing crashes, uh, had a look behind in the pit stops, didn't manage to talk to anyone, uh, I guess, I don't know, like, it was good to go there and it's good to go to these events, but it's not something I'd pay to go to. No, no, no. And there was a lot of people there, uh, which is great, And uh, but a lot of this time you're just looking at the big TV screen thing that I've got set up on the back of a truck, and I was like... Uh, I'd probably just want to sit at home and watch this, to be honest. I'd rather be in a pub. You oh, get a yeah. Bit of atmosphere. Yeah, in the pub yeah. True. Like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, it was good to see. And uh, thank you for the free tickets, Ford. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks, Ford. Um, cool. So, I have a couple of things I wanted to You've talk about. You've got all the things. I haven't done anything this week related to this. <laughs> Um, last week we talked about a, a, a Australian trader who got his genitals stuck in a belt sander. <laughs> of course we did, yeah. That's well, right. this year I've got one, not quite the same, but uh, I'd put it down sort of similar. It's a cultural chainsaw castration. Did you see the story about this? I have no idea what you're talking about. So it's at the beginning of a woodland reserve. Where, whereabouts are we talking? America? Oh, no, it's, it's a Maori carving. Oh, Okay. So, uh, you read out the headline there. Man who cut phallus from Maldi carving says he was doing God's work. And is that him there in that photo? The uh, whitest man possible? Yes. Milton Wainwright. Oh, my the God. Whitest, he the has whitest, the whitest name, name in the world. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Uh, <laughs> Slashed the penis from a Maori carving at the entrance to the Manawatu Gorge Reserve walking track. So he was upset about the phallus. Yes, he's 78 and oh considers himself a devoted Christian and deemed the statue's penis to be obscene and immoral. So on April 16, he tried to cut it off with a handsaw, exhausted by the superior quality <laughs> yeah. of the wood. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that he's 78. It was, too hard. it was too hard for him. Yes, yes. It's taken a blue pill. Um, Wainwright, who w- runs the Woodville Organ Museum... 
Hang on, hang the on. Woodville Organ on, Museum. Hang on. So, I'm, I'm assuming musical <laughs> yeah, organ, gonna, not phallus yeah, organ. Yeah, we're going to assume uh, musical <laughs> musical organ. Um, so sometimes, Sam, I am sure that you will be walking into the Woodville Organ Museum. I'm, I'm going to put that down on the list of places <laughs> to go and go, hey, aren't you the chancellor? Hey, dude? doesn't that pipe look really phallic? <laughs> oh, it's like loads of penises above the, the piano. It's yeah. an organ. Um, he returned the next day with a, a chainsaw and reduced the phallus to sawdust. His protest, because he calls yeah. that a protest. Oh, yeah, as opposed to vandalism or, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Led to a charge of willful damage in the Palmerston North District Court, and he was ordered to pay $2,000 for the emotional harm it had caused to the whakapapa from Rangatani. So if they're going to replace that uh, statue or carving... Yeah, it's not, like, huge. I think you can play that video or whatever. Oh, what? It's like uh, a head height, <laughs> so only 1.8 metres tall. Really? Yep. He had a... F- oh, my gosh. That's the worst thing in the world. Because uh, I was just going to say, because I assumed it was going to be really big. Yeah, no. I was going to say, do they just bolt on a new um, dick or replace the whole thing? But looking at the size of it, they just replace the whole thing. They're going to have to replace the whole thing. So um, he did say yeah. the carving quote-unquote, disgusted him and promoted sex for pleasure. What which he is this guy on to, about? Which, which he believes has led to the degeneration de- <laughs> of society. When you hang look on. at a statue... Hang on. Hang on, hang on yeah. a second. Um, <laughs> when indecent statues are put in public in the name of culture, we have lost our chance and compass, he said outside the courtroom. Yeah, yeah, so statues now, are I doing it. I think he did say something here. About oh, oh, Milton, oh, what are you say? crazy, crazy man? Um, oh, his wife uh, respected his courage and bravery. Oh, I bet she did. I bet she was all over him like a rash. I'm sure. I want it said somewhere in here that he went. Um, he said something like um, that. That statue, the Greek statue, the famous David, is it David? Whatever. Yeah, he, goes, he has a normal sized penis. But these Maori ones are big. <laughs> They're too big. I uh, I don't want to break this to Milton, but the internet provides a lot of high quality adult content out there, which will blow his little mind. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not oh just a statue in a park. <laughs> so anyway, I thought I would start off with that one. Very good. Yeah, no, that's good. Oh Milton. Uh, now, I had written down here, this is over a week ago, um, the UK is looking at age restrictions on vape following three deaths, and then obviously President Trump read the same article I read, Yeah, because <laughs> you've seen that, eh? He's, he's no. looking to ban vaping in the States because six people have died in the States. It's it's not only the deaths, though, there's a whole bunch of weird lung conditions yeah, yeah. coming Yeah, so they're out. getting all these lung conditions and lung cancers. Because... Um, Anybody can make the vape oil, I think. Yeah, and they can put anything in there. Yeah, I mean, some seems, crap stuff. Yeah, in there. it's good. I mean, the reality is, right? Your lungs are not supposed to be filled with anything but air. Are you much. sure, though? Because these I'm vape stores, sure. the vape stores that pop up everywhere, the big one that's in Hamilton East and Dinsdale, that's lit up like a freaking Christmas tree shop. Yeah, like decorations and stuff. Man, they're bright. Uh, yeah, man, they sell some stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, I go to Spookers, as you probably all know, and um, there's at least five people vaping outside every night. 
yeah. uh, like staff members, like before the shift starts. And stuff. But it, it's, I'm sure you're getting a lot more smoke than a, from a cigarette, eh? Like the, vol- the sheer volume, I think, is more. Because when they exhale, it's like freaking forest fire or something. I, th- I think it's more the water vapour that um, uh, makes it look cloudier. Yeah. I remember sense. a guy I used to work with, uh, one of the project managers, he had one, and he must have had one like when they were first invented or something. And he came out, everybody would be like, what are you doing? He's just sucking on this thing. And I don't even think he called it vaping. I think he just said it was uh, a cigarette. Yeah, it was. It was I think that's what they called them at the first, and it was yeah. the same thing, eh? Uh, e-cigarettes were li- like, I think they were like the size of a cigarette, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this thing was a big tube-looking thing. Yeah, yeah. So he was sort of in a weird I'm area. But e-bonging. E-bonging. <laughs> he, he could have been. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so the iPhone 11, have you seen that? Uh, I saw there was an announcement coming out. Oh, it's it's out, bro. It's out, bro. And what it's doing is it's tri- it's triggering everybody's trypophobia. Okay. So trypophobia is the aversion to the sight of irregular patterns or clusters of small holes or bumps. Right. It's not officially recognised as a mental disorder, oh, but it will may, be soon. may fall under the broad category of specific phobia if fear is involved and the fear is excessive and distressing. That's how Wikipedia explains it. So. Uh, I, I read more on it, and I didn't put the link in here, obviously, because um, I'm an idiot. But basically, the guy that was talking about it, has been studying it for years, says uh, he thinks it's like genetically handed down, so it it sees uh, overlapping bumps and, and holes like the scales of a snake or something. Oh, so okay. you you have this. Oh, that's something to be. So worried it's like about. cats with cucumbers. Yeah, that type of thing, I think. So, but apparently, you go on the internet, there's loads of people going, oh, this is tr- tr- this has triggered my trichophobia. Oh, calm down. And it's weird, though, because uh, iPhone's not the first people to jam weird amount of cameras on the back of phones. Nokia's got one with like 12 or 9 or some stupid amount of cameras. Yeah, yeah. And nobody, but nobody looks at Nokia. No, no, like, no. Yeah, that's right. It's, I haven't seen a Nokia for like, what, 10 years? It's just the, it's just the, precious, the precious Apple people. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, I've got another good one for you. You've I'm got like, all the I'm stuff. Gonna, I haven't got anything. Oh, I've got one thing, okay. and I have not really researched it. Um, Google Maps solved a mystery, and I'm going to open this story because I want to get Talking right. about that, a guy who was, I want to say, a paddleboarder or a skier or something to do with water, he solved a mystery as well. His GoPro fell in the water or something, and it had a shot of a outline of something and he found like a submerged car with somebody in it that was missing right so this one is very similar to that yeah william earl malt's car which disappeared with the 40 year old man in 1997 yes um was discovered in this 2007 google maps image so the image got uploaded in 2007 nobody noticed it till 2019 and there's the photo. Oh, right. And somebody goes, hey, there's a car in that pond. So this guy's been missing since 1997. Yeah. It's a long time, right? And, um, yeah, they went in and they found his body and he'd, he'd been drinking and he must have driven. Uh, that area apparently at that time was a, uh, what do you call it, like building site, uh, in development? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, apparently he must have 
nobody knows exactly what happened, but he drove off. He was still strapped into his seatbelt in the car. But yeah, and like, uh, I wonder how many people have looked at this Google Maps uh, in this meantime and not noticed this. Great. Yeah, wow. That's right. Uh, and why are they... There must have. It's interesting that they were looking at the 2007 image because I assume between 2007 and now there must have been another. No, I don't think so. I don't think. I think they must update them over a period of time, and it would take years before you get another image. Yeah, I, I understand that, but I think the update time for Google was way less than 12 years. Okay, I, and I don't know. I just assume that's just what was there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so that, that, that was interesting. Oh, just before we started, I was listening to uh, a Rachel Maddow video. Okay. And, um, oh my God, I have to get this off my chest because it just blows my mind. So a couple of people have been um, done, indicted for um, corruption and bri- bribery and corruption and you know dishonesty and stuff like that, like 10 indictments each or whatever. And they're not exactly related, but they are. Um, both, I, I mean, by that, I mean, I don't think they were working together. I think they were just both scamming the system at the same time. Okay. So one of them worked for FEMA. So they both worked for FEMA. One was FEMA and one was a, an ancillary organization, right? Yeah. So there's Federal Emergency Management uh, Agency. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's to do with Puerto Rico. So <clears throat> this two person they've got two full-time employees uh somewhere it's a small business that hasn't been going very long I bet. So, somewhere in the u.s gets the contract to rebuild puerto rico <laughs> yeah uh, questions were asked when they were charting out the linesman at 319 dollars and four cents per hour no that's, yeah that's good <laughs> not a good, bad good rate hourly rate in US dollars. Um, and they're like, well, why are you charging that? And then they realized that it's full of crap and she worked for FEMA and she just handed herself a contract. So that was like, so she was, she's done. Um, <clears throat> and then this, this is what really blew me away. Somebody else got the contract and I'm, I haven't got all the details here, but what stuck in my mind that I can never forget is they won the contract for $1.3 billion Whoa. to um, <clears throat> to rebuild um, some sort of infrastructure in, in Puerto Rico. It might have been electrical. It might be something else. I can't remember now. And then the government uh, came in and cancelled that contract, but not until they'd already dispersed $1.1 billion of funds. Of course. Which they haven't got back. Oh, right. <laughs> and you're like, because you think con men, right? You think, oh, I wonder if you could get away with $100,000. What about $1.1 billion? What the? What? <laughs> you think that would be pretty easy to track and... Uh, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I have no idea. And, and it was pretty light on detail, but just like, I mean, presumably a bunch of it was spent on the right stuff. Oh, okay. And so they've got some value there, but yeah, they, they already paid this company one point one billion. Well, just put the money in your bank, and you go and do the, what you need to do. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Holy ass. crap! Anyway, so uh, yeah, it's sorry. good to see there's people out there ripping things off. So, uh, do you know? I think I asked you this the other day, but we'll and, then, and then I had a little think about it. SF six. Yes. It is, what's it called? Sulfur hexafluoride. Yeah, sulfur hexafluoride, is it? Yeah. Do you, did you use that when you worked in, well, or did you 
know about it or anything? Yeah, it's yeah, it was a pain in the ass. So tell your bit of the story, and then I'll tell you what how I had to deal with it. <laughs> okay, so this is a science and environmental story in the BBC, and it's called "The Electrical Industry's Dirty Secret," um, which is boosting uh, w- climate warming. So the most powerful greenhouse gas known to humanity is this um, sulfur hexafluoride, and emissions have been rising rapidly in recent years. So um, the gas is used to retard flame and sparking in a box, like a, a switch, gear. switch gear or a substation or whatever, Yeah, and which is fine, and that's great. And so retard flame and, and that sort of thing, so it makes sense. Um, but when they when it leaks, um, it's a cheap, non-flammable, colourless, odourless, synthetic gas. Yeah. Um, it makes hugely effective insulation material for medium and high voltage electrical installations, widely used through the industry. But when it comes back, just one kilogram of SF6 warms the earth to the same extent as 24 people flying London to New York return. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, um, it's nuts, eh? So the problem is that when we're getting all these uh, windmill power station things, yeah. you know, um, they have these connectors that they need to um, do, and so they're using more and more of this gas on more and more of these connections. So in the old days, there'd only be a half a dozen like um, coal-fired things, yeah. Uh, and now there's like 20, 50, 60 of these windmills, and each one's got one of these. Yeah, that's right. And so it's leaking, and it's uh, really uh, pushing the gas. One thing that I did hear from, uh, this was in the thing, was there was this Danish company. They interviewed them, and they go, for the last 80 years, we've been making this other gas. does exactly the same thing. It works just as well, and it doesn't have any... Uh, climate issues. Wow. So there is an alternative, but I guess the difference there is the cheap. <laughs> yeah. Cheap is the word they like. But then I don't know, because in the grand scheme of things, like when they built the wind farm turbine out at Raglan, at my old job, we had, um, they used SF6 out there, and we ended up with the uh, half-filled bottles, and uh, they're really tall, like as tall as me, 1.8 metre long bottles, but they're quite narrow. Yeah, um, like gas cylinders. Yeah, gas cylinders, but they're, uh, yeah, just narrow. And, about yeah, around. Yeah. and we ended up quite a few of them, and every time more switch gear came in, they'd have more SF6 left over, and they needed to be held on hand in case they needed to top up the SF6 due to leaking or whatever. Uh, and we thought, that's cool. Can we just store them on like, laying down? No, 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 you can't store them laying down. So I think we ended up with, at one point, maybe 15 bottles. And they've yep. all got to be stored upright. And nobody could tell us anything about this gas. I was like, well, what happens if it blows up? No, 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 it can't do that. It's inert. So we said, well, what's the... And they said, the the biggest problem is if it does leak, it's denser than air, apparently, and it'll settle on the ground and you'll see it. Don't go near it. That's a, You've got to ventilate the whole building. Um, and we're like, okay. And uh, what we eventually got them to do was why have we got... Because they sort of weigh the bottles and try and work out how much they've got in each one. And I think eventually they got rid of a whole bunch of bottles. And there was, it had to go somewhere special up in Auckland or somewhere. Like only one place in the country does it. And they basically re-bottled everything into one or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a bit just, of a worry. No, it's just one of those pain in the ass things that you get lumped with that you have to try and manage, even though you know nothing about it. Because the other thing that we did once before was, um, oh, what's the really bad stuff? We got this, uh, we got these little electrical box things come in from somewhere, like a really old power station, and they were full of, um, oh, it's a liquid and it's a carcinogenic, and I can't remember what it's called. And like one of the guys, I'm sure it doesn't was, sound great. No, 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 hang on, no, it doesn't. But one of the guy, and I'm sure it was the health and safety guy. He's like, oh, when we were an apprentice, we pretty much just bathed in that stuff. He what? said because someone said to us, just drill a hole and drain it. And we're like, hang on. So we found out, and I can't remember. Was it CFC? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so we found out what we had to do, right? So they're like, well, you've got to get a 40-gallon drum. You've got to line that drum. So go find a drum, and it's got to be fully sealed. And you put all these things inside that drum. Then you ring up this guy who travels the country picking up hazardous waste. He's in this little tiny truck, and he pulled up. Like it, we, ha- we had to wait like six months for this guy to turn up. And he picked up the drum, and I said, what happens? And he says, oh, the only people that can deal with this is a blast furnace in France. Uh, so it all gets packaged up and all goes there. Holy crap. Glad I didn't drill a hole in that stuff. <laughs> we used to bathe in that. Yeah, that's exactly. That's why I've got two heads. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the squeeze in Rotorua. Have you seen the squeeze? Have you no, heard of it? never heard of it. Okay, so my friends went. We've got a video there. for. We'll share it in the show notes. I, I checked with uh, Matt that it was okay to share. Um and I was like, that's really cool. So it's a jet boat ride on the river from Rotorua. Yeah. Um, and you get out, and they're all in wetsuits, and you get out and you go through this channel, like this little stream. Yeah. But it is literally a squeeze. <laughs> There's all these shapes. And you're like working your way through this um, river thing. And it looks really interesting. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that. I was commenting to him. And he sent back, this is Matt, he sent, uh, yeah, we find it hard to believe we'd never heard of it. We're always looking for new adventure things, and this has been around for 15 years. So, yeah, okay. I talked to the owner, and he said two years ago they decided to make a big push. They felt they were ready. Also, about four months ago, Stuff did an article on them, and the rest is history. They, they said their business has almost doubled since then. They obviously need to push more, because I've never heard of it. And Yeah, and you're from Rotorua. <laughs> Because I'll tell you who does, uh, I think it's the number one tourist destination in the country, and they're in the newspaper there like every week because they're doing amazing stuff, is the Canopy Tours. The yes, ziplining yes, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah they we've dis- all heard of that. Well, they've discovered they discovered a species of thing that they didn't they, they thought was extinct the other week. And then oh, really? They were taking some people through the other day and a tree fell over. Holy- oh, no, that's right. The thing that they found, this fungus, was growing on the tree. That and fell that, over. And I was like, it doesn't talk anything about what happens with this tree falling over near the people, but yeah. And then they, uh, they're they doing something else and all this stuff, but... Uh, <laughs> Every cloud has a silver lining. we got three squished tourists, but there's this new fungus we sweet. Yeah, yeah. And we've decided to leave the tree there. Yeah, I bet you did. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, no, um, share the video in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I mean... Uh, Matt's a video videographer for Telecom, so he's. I the did. Pretty I good. did have a quick look at that video, and I didn't know who it was. But now that you mention it, it's Matt that they're pushing, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> he got stuck a little bit at one point. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, ever heard of? Oh, I think I mentioned it to you. Colombian graffiti cycling. You seem to get rather excited about <laughs> this, and I have no idea what this is. Uh, so 
Uh, is this it? the thing? It's in you... Colombia, the town Medellin. Medellin. It's yeah. the the gr- drug town. The drug town. Yeah, Medellin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've Median. watched Narcos. I know what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. So that is actually what they think the problem is: is that the the drug mindset thing was, you know, we're all going to die pretty soon. Just live life and don't care about it. So all these kids are getting these bikes and they're going down these steep hills and they're just just roads because yeah. I wasn't sure whether it was like mountain biking, but it's on a road. And they have these bicycles. They've made some of them. They, they had people on normal bikes, but most of them are low, low slung bikes and they've thrown weights on them. And they're going across a four-lane road like and they're getting up to 125 kilometers an hour on these little bikes man um, that's cool. and yeah so there's i watched a video on uh youtube um well maybe you can see if we can find one and, and share one but um yeah it was pretty cool but they, they're dying at the rate of um a couple of people of oh, three or four a month i think um, so a, a nearby town or county or whatever they have there is uh, banned that, but um, Midian is still still uh, legal to have those cycles, and it's like, holy crap. Yeah, so, um, yep. Have you heard of To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences? TTSA for short. No, it does sound very Scientology. <laughs> the organisation was founded by Blink-182 rocker Tom DeLonge, in 2015, to pursue research into UFOs and extraterrestrial life. <laughs> okay. So, he posted some videos, uh, and we'll have the link to this in the show notes, and they are unedited, un- untouched the- by human hands. Well, they're not, um, they don't have identifying stuff removed, which apparently they normally do uh, for Navy jet fighters. Oh, okay. And they've got jet fighters flying, and it's got all their stuff, and it shows them lock on to an unidentified target, and the pilots are, like, freaking out, like, what the hell's that? And the tracking system can keep up with it for so long, and then this thing just goes, and there's no exhaust, no nothing. Uh, and basically, the Navy's come out and says, yeah, those videos are real, and yeah, we don't know what they are. So they're pretty excited about that. Um, Whoa. So they were flying at about 300 miles per hour at 25,000 feet and the Super Hornet, uh, F-18 Super Hornets spotted them. And uh, when the comments, people were like, the big thing is here that the Navy probably doesn't want you to see is how amazing their tracking is. <laughs> like it just <laughs> follows it. Holy so, shit. Yeah. Yeah. In this day and age with what you can do to spoof video and create things, I... There, yeah, I, 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 there's a channel on YouTube. Just randomly, I come across. I was going to show, share it with you. Uh, I can't remember what's called off the top of my head. They are making deep fake videos of like people doing interviews on shows. So they had Bill Hader doing his impersonation of Arnold Schwarzenegger when he met him, but it, his face morphs into like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but a young version of him. So good. Oh, and wow. when he stops talking, it goes back to him, and it's almost seamless. Ooh, okay. I might have to check. Well, if you if you can find that, put that in show yeah. notes. I want to check that out. Um, oh, did you hear about this cold toilet? I saw the headline and I didn't really read it. So, ta- so someone so this had is a- art. This is art, oh. and it's been sent around the world. Oh, okay. And it got sent to um, oh god, where is it? Uh, Blenheim Palace, which I think is the UK. Sounds good. Yeah, I believe okay. you. So. Um, and as an art installation, it's a solid gold, fully functional 
toilet. Yes. Does that mean they have to and plumb it in? It's plumbed in. Okay. And people get to book and they can go and spend three minutes with it. You've got three oh, minutes. Oh, really? <laughs> so there's okay. a light outside. Yeah. You know what you're not going to use when you're there? Rock roll toilet paper. <laughs> 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 no, they use gold leaf toilet paper. No, no. Um, so anyway, um, this had, this has been so it's art. It's just a gold toilet that people can crap in and yeah, do I mean, themselves. Yeah, right? okay. anyway, which I, I've it's seen a whole conversation on its own, which I've, is pretty. I've cool. seen worse art out there. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, would you? I'd freaking love to go for. I'd be really upset if I couldn't go for a dump. I'm like. Oh, God, I have to. Go oh, if you those. had if you had the <laughs> chance to do it, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, but if you're in line, you go. Oh, I don't need to go. I'd be really gutted. <laughs> oh, but even just sitting on it, maybe be good. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So. Um. So anyway, uh, the I I think it's been put in a couple of installations. Yeah. At certain places, and then then it's come to this Blenheim uh, Palace, and they said, "Oh yes, no, we're not worried about our security at all." Blah blah blah. And then one night, some. <laughs> People came in and they took it away. I've got a couple of links to stories there because um, they've arrested a couple of people and I haven't read that because I just didn't have time. But um, there's a, a picture of the gold toilet you know, installed like that arty picture that they must yeah. have done to advertise it. And then there's the picture of when after I- the thieves have been and there's just broken boards where they've ripped it out of the ground and – and there must have been a few of them because it's pretty heavy. Be it's heavy. worth six million US dollars, I think it was. Whoa! And they obviously they found the toilet. I don't know. I don't think. I so. mean, they arrested people. Second man arrested. The theft of a eighteen carat solid gold toilet valued at four point eight million pounds from Blenheim Palace. Um, a thirty-six year old man from Cheltenham had been on, held on suspicion of conspiracy to burgle. A sixty-six year old man was arrested on suspicion of burglary. Um, da, da, da. Our priority is to locate the stolen item, and I would urge anyone with any information to contact police by calling 101. Mm. Um, police are searching for the toilet stolen last weekend from Winston Churchill's birthplace. See, I didn't know that. There you go. Uh, da, 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 da. The burglary left the palace with significant damage and flooding. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet, designed by the Italian artist Maurizio Catalan, has been plumbed in and was available for visitors' to use. The golden lavatory, named America, <laughs> I was not sure I was reading that right. I had to read it twice. The golden lavatory, named America. Okay. Good one, Italian dude. That is awesome. Let's get. <laughs> Let's make a gold toilet and call it America. Uh, drew large crowds when it large crowds when it was exhibited in New York. It has been installed in Woodpound Chamber. Blah 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 blah. One thing I did hear was um, a load of people going like, "It's not a big deal. It's a bunch of gold. Like if the Mona Lisa was stolen, you can't replicate this. Oh, I see. But it's you know, it's a toilet. You can just get enough gold to make another one. Like yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. that big a deal, but." Still worth I, that a lot that of was money. before I knew it was called America. That's that's the best part. <laughs> I was going to so, say, there's gold. So with that amazing story, uh, it's time to dump this episode, Chris. And, uh, <laughs> and flush away the remains. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so make sure to check out thechrisandpodcast.com and all the stuff will be there. Uh, my name's Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe and catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friends.